Welcome to Ripstop on the Record, a podcast where fabric enthusiasts and DIY gurus discuss all things make your own gear, with the occasional poor attempt at comedy to keep it interesting. I'm Kyle Baker, the owner and founder of Ripstop by the Roll, and we're excited to have you listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ripstop on the Record. I'm Jameson. I'm Isaac. I'm Carter. Welcome to the pod. Today, we've got some fun stuff to talk about. We're going to be going on a deep dive about zippers. This is similar to our like seminar style episodes that we've done in the past. Uh, we also did one about seams, like the stitches and seams that you need to know. And then we did another one about tape, about PSA and, and whatnot. So that's what we're going to be talking about. But first, guys, check it out. Look what I'm wearing. Clothes? that uncommon but true yeah this uh, is my shirt alpha raglan hoodie learn myog pattern that i made with alpha direct 4004 and now i'm an official not only an apparel maker now but i yeah. used a pattern yeah pretty big for you i know those are big moves yeah. that's uncommon yep and you didn't even really need help you just pulled up the steps and did it all on your own yeah, 50% on my own, 50, 49% Isaac, and 1% Tim Martino. <laughs> 1%? He literally made the entire pattern and all of the instruction steps. <laughs> no, to, uh, it, it, we, we joke about my pattern use, but actually the Learn MYOG patterns are amazing. Uh, I was just emailing Tim. I sent him a picture yesterday of the pattern because, as he said, picks or it didn't happen, so I did need to prove myself. So, Tim, this is double proof that I'm wearing it on the pod now, um, but the patterns are amazing. You know, if you listen to the episodes uh, pretty much at all, that I'm not a big pattern follower. I feel like it kind of takes the fun out of it. Um, it may take the fun if you're trying to make a ZPP, but when an alpha direct pattern comes up, this is definitely the way to go. So, hey. I'm a pattern convert. All this is a joke. He bought it from Century Designs. <laughs> I do have plans, though. I'm thinking about, like, we have, like, a, a hunter green and a sage green uh, power grid. And I'm thinking about doing, like, the same pattern, but just adding, like, one unique step. Like, adding, like, a kangaroo pocket in the future. Something that, like, I can kind of ad-lib on my own or test out my new skills with this, you know, still with the pattern, though. Should put one of the, what are those things called? An arrow quiver on the back in case. Good call. Yeah. Pre- like, that's what preppers would do. You got to put yeah. arrow quivers yeah. and, like, ammo holders yeah. on it. So shout out Tim, you're rad. Thanks for the it. pattern. And everyone else, go buy. Well, this pattern's not released yet, but it will be soon. And then you can get Alpha Direct and the pattern. Unless it has already been released by the time this podcast comes out. Doubtful. No, it will. Okay. It will. Mm-hmm. This re- this is going to be next Wednesday. So that's the third. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be released. Cool. All right, go buy the pattern then. Isaac, what's your new item? Uh, I got this awesome new now gene but it's not just a now gene but wait there's more uh it is a bottle and filter from epic water filters uh, i got it when we were down at hankon and a couple cool things they integrate a filter into like this replacement lid so that if you're using like tap water it uh just filters out all the nasty stuff then they also have an outdoor filter that you can switch out that you just like pop on there. And then if you're going for a day hike, you can like fill it up in the river. And then on top of all that, they have these awesome, cool local artists who make these designs for the bottles. This one's Yosemite. And I think it's called Yosemite. Uh, actually, it's Yosi Midi. <laughs> Yosi Mighty. Yosi Mighty. That's it. Got it. Um, yeah, and each one of the art series uh, benefits some kind of outdoor-related nonprofit. So you should check them out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they've also got um, other types of bottles as well. If you don't want to use a Nalgene, they've got a vacuum-insulated ones, and they've got um, like tall, slender ones as well. So something to check out for sure. I'm thinking about picking one up for myself. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting topic because when, when you first brought this in, I was like, that's a really heavy water f- system. But I never really think about filtering water on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. That's kind of where this becomes pretty handy. I mean, the outdoor version is really cool too. But like like you said, just tap water and stuff, you yeah. could also do a lot of filtering. I definitely wouldn't use this like on a backpacking trip because my sure. uh, like platypus, uh, what is it, hot shot or whatever. Yeah. Quick draw. Quick draw, that's it. Uh, it's definitely way lighter. But yeah, if I'm just like going out for a day hike or I'm going hunting for the day, like it's way easier to just throw this in my pack and that yeah. way when I'm done drinking, I can just fill it back up and then. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like 
it's, it makes like the clean water, dirty water canister situation pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Carter, have you got anything new recently you want to talk about? Plead the fifth. Not a lot to talk about. Uh, I did. I got a new uh, like portable battery, the EcoFlow River 2, which is really cool. Obviously, great for travel, great for the power Super goes light. out. Uh, it's not that light. It's probably weighs like three pounds, but oh, not it's like light. an actual battery. Like oh oh I see I thought you meant like a portable portable battery charger bank kind of deal I did get a new one of those too um, but that's <laughs> different I also got I just got a Leatherman Micro which is like this small it's basically like a Swiss Army classic but Leatherman style with a few more features and it's still I think it weighs like fifty three grams or forty eight grams so very light um what else did I get that was new um and she Alpha <laughs> pullover <laughs> yeah I've gotten some stuff recently. All right, so let's get on to the main part of the episode, the meat and potatoes of it all. We're talking about zippers today. So I want to make sure that we're on, we're going to start out on the right foot. So we're going to go over a little bit of a glossary for the rest of the episode to ensure that when we are talking about certain things, you know what we're referring to. This might be a little bit rudimentary, but we want to make sure everyone's on the right path. Speaking of the right foot. When talking about zippers, make sure you're using a zipper foot. We'll get to that later, Isaac, but good plug. (laughs) Uh, The teeth. I don't know how else to say it, but the teeth are the grooves of metal or plastic that feed into one another, creating the zipper. They're also the part that's like raised off of the zipper tape. Uh, Tape is the woven fabric or the woven piece that holds all of the teeth together. That's the part that you sew on uh, when you're attaching a zipper. The slider is the metal part often metal that you pull or you pull to open or close the zipper. So what you slide on to, you know, have the mouth open and close. And then the slider pull is what you attach to the zipper slider. That can be like a cord end that can be webbing or some of the pre-made ones that we make, like the tiny pull and other ones like that, that you girth hitch onto the zipper slider. So that you have kind of a more tactile feel to that. Do you guys have anything to add to that? No, I think that I will get into like all the different uh, varieties of those four things, but I think those are indeed the basics. Perfect. I want you all listening to have a good visual of what you were talking about as we're talking about zippers and stuff here, because it, it is a pod. And even if you're watching the video, you can just see our faces, but you can't see zippers. So uh, at least now you have the baseline. All right. So first, we are going to talk about the zippers that we carry, because there is a difference between the zippers that we carry and all the zippers that are out there. We'll give you some info on the zippers that are out there, um, and we'll offer whatever we can, but, uh, but also, like, we don't have every kind of zipper that exists. So, you know, we'll just kind of mention, like, hey, you can get this with us. You'll need to look elsewhere. And that's, that's totally cool. So uh, to start out, we carry two zipper brands. What are they? YKK and HHH. I guess you could also say Triple H, but... No one does that here, but we should probably start doing that because it's easier than saying HHHH. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, the differences between those, obviously, those are the two, basically the two, two of the largest, zip, one of them is the largest and one of them is one of the largest zipper manufacturers in the world. YKK, I think, is technically based in Japan, but at this point, they're global. I mean, they have U.S. branches. Uh, they make all different types of, types of stuff now, not just zippers. HHH is a really high-end zipper brand from Korea. Yeah, so those are the two we carry. The reason why we carry both is, uh, well, for a few reasons. One of the main ones is that our HHH zipper is matte, which looks really cool. It has a different coating on it. And also, uh, like during COVID, uh, supply chain was a huge issue. So being able to have two different reliable brands is really helpful in case something happens and we can't get in number three or number five waterproof zippers, which is what we sell the most of. It's nice to have HHH or YKK, whichever one we have trouble getting. So it's just giving you more options and it allows us to make sure that people can still make their stuff. Common question, are they interchangeable? No, they're not. You can get it to work sometimes. Like (laughs) if you had to, I don't know, if something happened and it broke and you had another slider, uh, you could make it work. But uh, And one way works better than the other. I can't remember. Like, I think YKK sliders can work okay on HHH coils, coil, but not the other way as much. But just don't do it. We offer both. Um, just make sure that you get matching brands. It's going to make your life a lot easier. Yeah. And it'll also look weird because one of them is matte and one of them is shiny. And nobody wants to have a matte 
sexy, cool looking zipper and then a big shiny pull or the yeah, other way around. I forgot they matched actually. Like the HHH sliders are also matte. Correct. Um, yeah. So make sure when you're getting zippers for the people that are newer to zippers and, and working with them, uh, you need to buy, well, we're going to get into this more, but you need to buy the coil or the tape or whatever the zipper system is, as well as the sliders independently. And you can order those, uh, you can order zipper sliders individually, and then you, you order zippers by the foot most of the time. We're going to, we'll continue to get into that. All right. So another big differentiator for zippers is sizing. I don't know where, where to start with sizing. There's a lot to go over. <laughs> How do you tell the, or what are the different sizes? What do they represent for zippers? So the most basic the, the top filter of zippers is just going to be the sizing of the teeth, teeth, the teeth, the teeth, the teeth, the teeth. Um, and that is represented by uh, a number three, number five, whatever. Those numbers correspond to the measurement of the coil or the teeth when closed in width. So if the width of the, the coil whenever closed is three millimeters, then it's a number three zipper. Number five, as those numbers get bigger, so number eight is obviously bigger than a number three, you also get obviously a more durable product. More weight. But it's much heavier as you, you, I mean, there are, I don't know, Isaac's probably seen some pretty big zippers in his day. Uh, but I think they go up, they probably go up infinitely if you custom order, but I, I don't, I think the biggest I've seen is like a number 20 or something like Holy that. Holy smokes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know like what size they were, but I've seen some pretty massive zippers on like military tents and stuff. Yeah. They're probably like, I don't know, size 10 or 12. Yeah. yeah there's some big ones, but yeah. So the width of the teeth when closed in millimeters is what that number means. The higher the number, the bigger the zipper, the heavier and more durable it is most likely. Yeah. And we carry three, five and eight. Do we carry eight in both YKK and HHH? I don't know. Only Just YKK. YKK. Yeah. yeah, so we carry a three, five, and eight. Um, if you need something bigger than that, there are obviously other places that you can, mm-hmm. you know, go to find those. But three, five, and eight are kind of the 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 big heavy hitters, I guess you could sure. say, when it comes to like outdoor gear. You can do the majority of your projects with those. Yeah, I do. I think we will probably carry a number ten uh, this year as we get more into travel products and stuff. Cause a lot of duffel bags and things like that have a bigger zipper. Uh, but right now three, five and eight, but look out for the number 10. I want to do a 10 and a half, but just to be cool. What are some application types that you would assign to the different zipper sizes? I, I don't want to put you guys in a corner and I know it depends a lot on the project, but just throwing out there, like what are some examples for number three zipper? Well, for me personally, I use number three zipper for almost every single thing that I do. Remember us talking about that in episode five, the bike bag so off. You remember that? Yeah. So, I mean, when you're uh, a vendor making products for people, you might decide to use a bigger zipper to make sure that it doesn't fail. But I've only used number three zippers for 10 years and I've never had one fail. And that's in hammocks, all kinds of stuff. Like I'll use nets, backpacks. Yeah. I'll use a number five if it's going to be, like I said, it's more of a travel. I don't worry. You're going to use that zipper like all the time. Mm-hmm. But for camping gear, most people aren't yeah. using that like 14 times a day. So I would go number three because it's the lightest and I think it's the sleekest. But uh, number five is kind of the same applications, but most likely it will last longer um, and be more durable. Mm-hmm. I think it also kind of depends on how how full you're going to stuff your bags. Like if if you're using a number three zipper on a you know a everyday carry backpack, if you're going to stuff that thing to the gills every day, and like when you're pulling the zipper shut, you're like forcing the bag closed yeah. while you're also pulling the zipper, then you're going to want to you're going to want to go with a bigger zipper. Is there a holding power difference? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there is. That'd be interesting. I've never thought about that before in terms of like you know the quote hair strength of like a number three versus number eight zipper or something <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure that i'm sure i don't know exactly but i'm sure it corresponds yeah. to um well i mean if you think about like the size of the teeth are different so the bigger the tooth yeah. the more surface area they that's have true. to hold together right cool uh so that's sizing now let's talk about zipper teeth type in terms of what we carry there are two different zipper teeth types there are coil and molded what are the difference so coil is uh i guess technically stronger 
than the molded zipper under ideal conditions. <laughs> um, but they're prone to trapping dust and debris and like just grime in general. Whereas the molded zipper teeth are closer, more part of the zipper, I guess. Like they're made into the zipper. Does that make sense in any way? Yeah, they're like they're literally molded into the tape. Yeah, mm, yeah. Whereas I think not, I think like so. First off, coil zipper is normally nylon. It's it's a plastic. There are metal ones metal, too, but yeah. what we sell is all plastic. Yeah. And I think it's actually sewn onto the zipper tape. I'm pretty sure that's the yeah, way. I actually works. don't know how those are connected. Um. So that like they like the plastic is like a like a well not a molded plastic but they're like a, a nylon filament type thing that's been like produced and those are sewn onto the zipper tape which is the fabric piece now as for the molded they're it's like an actual plastic molded uh yes, zipper like, teeth that then get molded into the tape itself yeah and they're also like larger individual looking teeth the other thing literally looks like a coil and those coils like interlock with each other um so another big difference with uh coil zipper is that it's flex it's more flexible um, so like when you're using things for like apparel pieces, mm-hmm. it might not matter as much cause you're just doing a straight line, but things like tents and other bags that have curves, it makes a lot more sense to use coil zipper. Sure. Um, molded zipper, the other downfall to molded zippers that like once a teeth, if a tooth breaks or like something happens and you can't, you're not getting your jacket zipped up, right. Probably means that it's broken off, mm-hmm. which is much harder to repair. Because it was literally molded in there. Whereas sure. coil zipper, for the most part, is like self-healing, right? If you've ever zipped up your jacket and you realize that like half of it's up here above your head <laughs> and they're not meeting, normally you can just slide the slider back off and zip it back up and it'll correct itself. Yeah. What are some examples of when you would want to use a molded versus a coil teeth zipper? So one place is apparel. Um, a lot of like separating zippers and stuff, like for a jacket that comes apart. Uh, are molded they're quieter they can also be like much more waterproof technically like if you look at like a yeti like the zip on a lot of those things are all molded because you can make it like basically completely waterproof because you can make it they match perfectly the teeth match and there's no there's not really a gap there yeah i think the other big difference i mean this is just a personal observation but when you have like especially with metal uh coil zipper it's sharp like it can be very sharp so if you ever get like your skin stuck in the zipper with uh with metal coil zipper it hurts a lot whereas i don't know if you could even do that with molded zipper because they're like rounded pieces that fit together what skin do you normally get caught in the metal zipper isaac elbow earlobe yeah no normally those those (laughs) are the ones neck top of a jacket Mm mm-hmm yeah, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Turkey gobbler. Um, what type of coils and molded zippers do we carry? So most of, I think all, except for one of our uh, finished zippers, meaning that they have like a terminus and they exist as a fixed length. I think we'll talk about those next as well. Right, and we can segue into that, right? Like when you have a jacket, normally that's like a self-contained zipper that is a certain length, normally like 32 inches or something. It's like that's fixed 24 inch or whatever. Like you can't like snip it off and then burn the end just on a jacket. Right. And so those are normally separating, which literally just means that you can take the two, you can take the slot, the sliders attached to one side permanently, but you can take the zipper and open it up completely and then zip it back up. Whereas like a coil zipper is just a continuous chain of zipper. You cut off as much as you want and normally you just sew it closed and then like, you're never going to take those pieces apart again. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you can't pull open your ZPP kit and like undo the, like the, yeah, the zippers are in there. Yeah. Um, which going back to your comment though, Jameson, you can with, uh, finished zippers, you can trim the top of it, but you can only trim one side. So the bottom is what separates. Got it. Unless it's a double separating zipper or double anyways that you can trim the top to like yeah. if it's you know an inch past the center front of your yeah. garment or whatever you can trim it down to that but you can't trim the bottom gotcha so that is that is the next section continuous versus finished length zipper our coil zippers are continuous lengths you can order 25 feet and you're going to get 
probably don't we have a max cut but like the max get, cut is like 100 feet or 50 feet or something so like you that. get 25 straight feet of coil zipper and then we're assuming and what you should do to finish that would be to embed that in a seam like a zpp kit or a duffel bag or a backpack where that zipper is going to get folded in or sewn into a seam where there's not really a finish type the finish lengths like carter saying they kind of come at a fixed distance or a fixed size and then you can i was looking at tim's ultralight uh, windshell pattern and it got me thinking about how that f- zipper would finish. I was like, do you have, you know, do they have small, medium, large zippers that are the exact length? Would it make sense you could trim off one side? But uh, what finish length zippers do we have? Or do we carry those even? I don't, I've never worked with yeah. have like 24 inch. For some reason, I thought we have a 32, gotcha. yeah, maybe it's which is a standard jacket length. Yeah. Um, I should really, short. we should really try making with those sometime, I guess. We have a seven inch, but so. So there's the two basic types of finished zippers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so you have like your jacket length. Uh, we also have a 240 inch one, uh, I believe, that you would use for like uh, making a removable top cover for your hammock or something Same like that. Um, but then there's smaller ones that you would see in, uh, you know, like the front of a tote bag. Sometimes there's a pocket on the outside or out like a Jansport backpack has that small pocket. Um, it's used um, in places where, you want to embed that zipper. It's a lot easier sometimes than using coil because it's like already has stops on it. Uh, and I think we sell a seven inch version of that. Gotcha. Yep. Seven inch. So one of the next uh, defining features of a zipper <clears throat> is whether it's a standard or waterproof zipper. Our case, that's normally called a Yurtek zipper, or at least for the YKK version, right? Or is that both? Yeah, so YKK, um, I actually technically think it's called uh, AquaGuard now. I don't know the difference. I think it used to be Eurotech and mm-hmm. we've just kept that branding because that's how it gets sent to us. Um, but yeah, so there's AquaGuard and then HHH is just called Waterproof. I don't I don't know that they have a yeah. trademark brand name. But basically what that means is, so if you remember earlier, we were talking, or Isaac was talking about how the coils, coil zippers can be susceptible to dirt and dust, right? So one way to fix that on any zipper is to make the coils be inside your project, right? So in our packing cube kit, we include a reverse mount zipper, which just means it mounts on the back instead of where the coils are. So in waterproof zipper, it's the same thing, except for on the back, you coat it with polyurethane or resin or some other waterproof material, which means that the tape can't Take on water. Can't take on water, correct. And because the coils are on the inside, it's also less likely that stuff gets in there. Because then the, ideally with when waterproof zippers meet, you have the two sides that you sew together. There's as little space as possible. Technically water can get through, you know, let's call it the right and the left side of the zipper. But in theory, the two resin or, or polyurethane coatings are touching and that makes it pretty durable from dust and dirt and debris and sand and stuff, but also water. Yes, correct. Um, what are I use waterproof zippers for just about everything. If I'm making a ZPP, I kind of like the structure, like the 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 size. What um, I mean, I guess some of the I was going to ask for some of the negatives. I guess weight is one thing. Waterproof zippers definitely add a lot of weight. What are the are other examples where you just want a non-waterproof zipper? They're also nowhere near as smooth, right? You have much more pulling resistance, so. Or, and if your project isn't waterproof, then there's no reason to add that, right? So No, no reason to want, make a monolight packing key with waterproof zippers. <laughs> right, or your hammock, right? Yeah. There's no there's no reason for that. It's also more expensive because you have to put that coating on there. So right. if you don't need it or you need a smooth zipper, like in a windshell, there's, not, there's just no reason to put it there. Yeah. Another thing to note, though, is we're saying waterproof zippers, but these aren't zippers that would you would use on like waders or something that would be going into the water to be submersed. Yeah. Yeah. They are very water resistant. I think Jason was saying the other day, he made a, uh, a ZPP out of HD 300 and AquaGuard zipper, excuse me. And he, uh, I guess something like in the ZPP spilled and it like contained the liquid. So it is very water resistant, but not something you'd want to submerge. He probably should have put sure. the bot like the cap on his bottle before he put it in there. Yeah, it's probably just you know, Mountain Dews. Poor, poor guy. He's getting on in age. It's sometimes hard for him. Yeah. Once you get older, you start to forget things like that. He didn't mention yeah, that he was probably. seven miles away from his house wearing no shoes because he had a <laughs> a moment. Oh, that's what that silver alert was the other. Yeah, day. that, makes uh, sense. that was him. Okay. All right, let's talk about zipper <laughs> sliders. 
Let's talk about zipper sliders. Uh, reminder, these are the pieces that slide onto the coil to open and close them. Uh, not trying to get ahead of ourselves too much for getting slider pulls. Um, they have to match the size of your zipper. So you buy a number three zipper coil, you have to buy a number three zipper slider. There's also reverse mount. And reverse mount sliders go with the waterproof zippers. In the best words possible, Carter, how would you explain the difference between a reverse mount and a standard mount slider? Uh, physical difference or so functional difference I mentioned before, which is basically all this means is that if you look at the zipper with the teeth facing up, which is how you would normally see like a regular zipper, you want to put a regular mount slider on there. And then the zipper, the tab that you have to pull on will be facing up with the teeth. If you want it to close the other way and have your pull tab so you can open and close it. Uh, on the back side of the zipper with the teeth down, then you want to use reverse mount. So yes, normally you use reverse mount with waterproof zipper because if you did it the other way, then there'd be no point of having the waterproof seal. However, you can also use reverse mount zippers, uh, zipper sliders on regular coil as well, just to, again, protect those teeth. You see this a ton in travel bags. Most travel bags, even most apparel, like if you look at your pants pockets yeah. that have zippers. Like super embedded. Yeah, you never see. They always mount the the coil toward the inside, even though it's not waterproof. So another cool thing that we do with the YKK zipper sliders is that we also differentiate them by pull size. So we only sell regular mount zipper sliders for YKK in long tab. So it's long. it's a long and skinny tab. We only sell reverse mount ykk zipper sliders in short pull tab so that's why if you ever have an order error or something like that and someone reaches out and they're like hey i think you sent us the wrong ones we will know immediately because short tab you know it's good (laughs) short tab is reverse long tab is regular so that's another thing if you order some zipper you have some laying around from us and you look at all your sliders and you're like how in the world am i supposed to tell if it's ykk that's how you can tell hhh yet again something easy we don't have regular mount for those because we only sell water resistant HHH zipper. So if you have an HHH mat slider, it's reverse mount. You can also tell if you look at the side of, of the slider, there's, and this, this is really difficult to describe, but if you have a reverse mount and a standard mount slider next to each other and you look at the side, there's kind of like shoulders on it that go over the zipper. Teeth. Yeah. And like the reverse mount, I think it's the reverse mount, the shoulder, like the bigger shoulder is on the top and then the smaller shoulder is on the bottom. And then the standard mount, the bigger shoulder is on the bottom. So it's the opposite. Yeah. Um, Imagine looking at the zipper slider, like holding it up to your eye, like looking through the channels that it's created. The shoulders are the ones on the outer edge that Isaac's talking about. And that's how you can tell the difference between a reverse mount and a standard mount slider. Yeah. It's really, it's easiest if you have one of each and look at them comparatively. To see yeah, but before you pl- press order, make sure you have the right sliders, whether it's standard or reverse mount. Just double check that. It's easy or just buy a bunch of both and have them on hand. So you that's can probably the best. They're cheap. Whatever you want. Yeah, they're very cheap. And another way that you'll know is, uh, and this unfortunately happens sometimes. It's happened to me. You try to slide it on fifteen times and it doesn't go on. Flip it over and see if it goes on, and then you'll realize that you've been using the wrong one because that will happen. Uh, but like I said, if, if that happens, pull it off and you can obviously reach out to us. And if we've made the mistake, we'll fix it. But if you have listened to what I just said about like the short tab and the long tab, you should be able to tell just by that. If you bought it from us only that, okay, I have the short tab, which is like, I don't know. It's like a half an inch versus an inch. It's a big difference between the sizes of that tab that comes off. Uh, then you'll, that's one way that you'll be able to know. All right, on to slider pulls. Oh, I forgot one more. There are double sliders. So double sliders are, so you've got your reverse and your regular, and then you've got one that it's basically both in one, right? You can attach it either way. It closes it from both sides. And this just means that, uh, for instance, uh, you probably don't need those on your jacket unless you have someone living inside your jacket that needs to open it from the inside. Or you have a hand in a weird place, I don't know. But... You know, for a tent or a hammock or something like that, where you need to get, when you're on the outside, you need to open it and get inside. And when you're on the inside, you need to be able to get out. Uh, So you could also use one of those if that's all you had and pull off one of the sides. If you needed to, if you were in a pinch, you could use it either way. So that's how those work. 
good. That's a good reminder. I forgot about double ended ones. All right, slider pulls. There are some differing opinions on slider pulls at this table, which is perfect for an episode like this where we want to get into the weeds a little bit. Uh, but first, let's talk about the different ways that you can make slider pulls because it's one of my. I, well, everyone knows I end up making a lot of ZPPs. It's kind of like my go-to, like, oh, it's somebody's birthday. I'll make them a ZPP with a cool fabric. Uh, I don't know. I also like to be organized. So I have 10 of them floating around my house. So whenever I'm traveling, I can just throw everything into different ones and call it a day. It was kind of weird that you brought one of those uh, to that funeral, though. <laughs> you were like, oh, it's an event. Got to make a ZPP. I'm like, It was the death <laughs> of a good fabric. Too. Yeah, like uh, when my sister had her baby and Jameson came to the hospital, he just came with like 15 ZPPs and everybody was really confused. Yeah, baby didn't like trying to be put into one either for some reason. I don't really understand why. Yeah, it was, uh, we'll wait a couple years before you come back over to my parents' house. But <laughs> Sounds good. Um, slider pulls though. Isaac, list, can you give us a short list of the different things that you can make into slider pulls? Oh gosh, that's, I mean, you, could use, you could use like a paper clip human hair <laughs> okay you use like the myog appropriate ways that you can make slider pulls um so this could go either way like you could either cut off you could do the ultra ultra light route you could cut off the metal slider tab. pull tab. cut off the tab and attach, and it, attach, to attach it to the slider or you can just use the holes that are on the tab and insert your cordage into that whether you're Girth yeah. itching or somehow like running it through the holes. Yeah. This reminds me, we should do some social media content on different ways to attach slider and slider pulls and stuff. We've done a, I remember I did one a while ago about different slider pulls that you can make. And the short list I was trying to tee you up to answer, Isaac, were things you can use like Hypalon, you can use Grow Green, you can use Shock Cord, Static Cord, you can use Fabric. Um, I think that's all the primary ones. Oh, you can our pre-made cord ends or uh, uh, cadaver tendons <laughs> tattoo for Artificial sure. Sinew. Yeah. Um, all good. All Real very, sinew. very viable options. Um, you can get reflective cord, uh, all sorts of stuff. Cat guts. Um, but <laughs> be that as it may, Isaac. Uh, but yeah, that's a good point. How you can like pull, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Like you said, you can girth hitch it. You can, there's two holes on the metal tabs on a slider pull. Uh, you can weave it through both of them, kind of like pass it through like a figure eight and then do an overhand at the end. There's a lot of really cool ways that you can make slider pulls that are really fun and way different ways you can spice up your bag. Then there's also another cool option where you, and some finished zipper pulls that you buy have this. Most of the ones that we carried are like made where the, the terminus of that loop is actually molded together. So it's permanent. Um, but you could also make your own. So instead of like whenever you tie your little piece of rope onto the zipper tab, you could just tie an overhand knot and it's done, right? That's the lightest way. Uh, but we also sell like zipper or uh, zipper cord pull ends. tab. Yeah, cord ends. That's what they're called. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> of all different kinds, right? Uh, the ones that we sell, we have it sized for all different types of cord. Um, they look really clean. They make something look pretty professional very quickly. Yeah, so that's another option if you want to make something look more professional or if you want to have something that's a little better to grab onto than just a knot. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, we have the ones that are completely made in different shapes and textures and hopefully soon some different colors as well. I really like using this kind of uh, modification or personalization as like a like a coding system right so if i have multiple bags in another bag or if i have like if i'm using some type of organizational system mm -hmm. where i have like multiple zipper poles on different pouches i like to color coordinate my zipper poles to the things that are in those pouches so like if it's it. a you know if it's a medical pouch i'll put like red cordage on that zipper pole things like that <clears throat> That's pretty advanced. I never yeah, thought about that. That's a really good idea, though. Yeah. Even I on your backpack for the different like pockets, you yeah. can do that as well. All right, let's talk about some zipper techniques. Um, a couple of fun ways that you can use zippers to accomplish some fun things, like uh, an embedded zipper. Embedded zipper is when you create a zippered pocket that is 
in line with the fabric without burying it into a seam. So if you imagine like the face of a backpack, if it's all one panel on the face and then you just want to cut a, a zippered pocket, you can kind of cut into that and make a series of folds uh, with it just being like no additional fabric added. You can just cut it straight into it. It feels like a terrible definition, but basically, yeah, I think it's anytime you want to literally embed a zipper onto a panel of fabric where no seams are present. There we go. So you see this a lot in apparel also like specifically with pants when you have like so if you think cargo of cargo pockets, pockets yeah. um, but even rear pockets sometimes yeah like car so normally cargo pockets are attached to the outside of the pocket which would technically be like a patch pocket but an embedded zipper would be you would only see the zipper on the face of the pants or on the face of the fabric and then the pocket that's you know the pow- the fabric that is creating the pouch of the pocket that's a lot of peas uh, <laughs> is going to be on the inside. And then that zipper is just embedded into the face of the fabric so that all you see is the zipper instead mm-hmm. of the whole pocket. So another thing we should do a video on because embedded zippers are really cool. You taught me them, Isaac, last summer, I think. Mm-hmm. You taught me how to how to do that. And we'll briefly talk about it. It's probably bad to try to explain it too much on a podcast, but they're really cool. They're really fun technique. I've used them on packs a, a lot since then and some other um, I think I use it on a duffel and uh, a bunch of fun applications you can do once you know the embedded zipper. But in short, I'm going to try to go over this quickly, Isaac. To make an embedded zipper, take the panel fabric, figure out where the zipper is going to be. You're going to cut the width of the zipper and you're going to make two 45 degree angles, kind of like arrows on the end of your initial cut. And those are what help create the folds because you're gonna you're gonna install your zipper the same way. Where if you're say you're installing a waterproof zipper, you're gonna sew them upside down, flip them out, and then run a top stitch. But you need the seam allowance to fold out all four sides so that you don't have any raw edges sticking out still. Yeah, I think uh, maybe an easier way to describe it over the podcast would be to make a re- a rectangle on the face of your fabric that is slightly narrower than the width of the zipper tape, right? So if your zipper tape is an inch, make a rectangle that's three quarters of an inch wide. And then however long your length is. And then you just make a line through the middle of that box. And that's where you cut. And that's, yeah, that that's cut where line. you cut. Okay. And then your two forty-five degree angles will be at either end of that rectangle going from the two corners to that center line. Mm, I see. Because yeah. then you have the correct seam allowance to fold out. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. So those are embedded zippers. Go look them up. They're easy to find on YouTube. And maybe we'll put together a video ourselves one day. Uh, another fun technique around zippers is a zipper garage. Uh, Carter, explain a zipper garage for those that are unknowing. Uh, yeah, it basically is exactly like what it sounds. It's a little hood of fabric that goes over uh, one end of your zipper where the slider can be protected and be hidden and not open accidentally. So you see this a ton on backpacks and cycling gear and even jackets. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's literally just a little garage to park that slider. Uh, another somewhere, one somewhere where you can park that big Mac truck, in this little zipper. garage, <laughs> Exactly like that. Um, another one, uh, that I just thought of is, uh, So there are multiple ways to actually do just a finished coil zipper in general. So what we most often do is what you described. Uh, But what that does is actually leaves uh, one side of the fabric with the zipper tape exposed. What you see on tents and like high-end hammock gear and stuff like that is that you actually take the fabric and fold it back over the raw edge too. To create uh, basically where both sides have fabric on them and the zipper is completely hidden. Uh, that's something we could do a video on. It's really cool. Uh, but yeah, if you notice on most tents, uh, for the screen or for the doors, you don't, there's not, it's not just like sewn onto one side and folded over. It's completely enclosed by fabric on both sides. Yeah. It's interesting. That sounds like a really cool technique and also somewhat challenging. It's really not hard. You just like, it's a series of folds really. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so there's not really a technique, but more of just a really cool item that has to do with zippers. Carter, you found a really cool tool that you can mount to your desk that helps you get uh, install sliders onto a zipper coil. Tell us about that. Yeah, so there are a few options. You can actually, I think there's a file to 3D print this on Thingiverse. Uh, a few different companies sell it. I also hope to carry this pretty soon because I think awesome. we found a pretty good production version. Um, but yeah, 
basically it's a tool that acts as like, you know, what I end up doing a lot is that I put the slider in, I get the, I get it lined up or whatever. And then I literally like use my teeth to hold it and to hold the slider and then pull with both hands. So what this does is basically takes the place of my teeth. So you can think about my teeth every mouth. time you're, yeah. yeah. Think about my mouth. Yeah. It's basically just an extra set of hands where you can take each side of the zipper and put the slider like mounts onto this little tool. And then you just pull the sliders through and it holds it in place and just puts it on perfectly for you every time. If this sounds dumb, then you got to understand when you're installing a zipper slider on a zipper tape, you're trying to perfectly match up the tape so that your pattern piece is straight. I mean, if you get the zipper sliders wrong, then it's going to be askew. Like it's going to be many degrees off. Um, so this is like a third hand that can help you hold on to the zipper slider to the tape to make sure that you're installing it all evenly and, and it's balanced. You can also uh, really use a cool. fork to do this. So if you go on YouTube, you can watch a few videos of people where they basically take, it's kind of the same thing as the tool where you take a fork and you put the tines into the slider and then you like use that to like as a holder. And then as you pull the teeth through, it like slides the fork out. So as long as you're cool with mounting a fork to your desk, then it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> This week, we are plugging the 0.7-ounce Monolite Ripstop Nylon Mesh. One of the coolest stuff sacks I ever made was made out of this fabric, and it was a see-through, squared-bottom, one-handed stuff sack for Jason to collect his mushrooms. Suck up. <laughs> yeah, I really like to use this stuff, too, for uh, making like gym bags and dirty clothes bags for when I inevitably forget to uh, take my dirty gym clothes out of the truck or the gym. You know, they don't smell quite as bad. <laughs> Our personal preferences aside, uh, this fabric is unique because it can be used as both an ultralight woven, but also as a mesh material. Popular applications for this stuff includes apparel, bug netting, tent screens, stuff sacks, lightweight bags, and even lining materials. We've achieved this balance by utilizing a reduced thread count to increase breathability and decrease weight. A triple ripstop and special yarn to maintain strength and not to mention increased visibility for any gear you make. Look at the nine striking colors that we have in Monolite on our site today by clicking the link in the description. All right, we're going to wrap up this episode with a few Instagram questions. We put out a poll a couple weeks ago about what people would want to know about zippers if they had questions to us, and now you do. So we're going to go over a few of these right now. First question is from Terrain Adventure Co. Thanks so much for sending questions for everybody. Thank you for submitting these questions. We really appreciate it when people interact with us, especially around the podcast. So um, not really a question, just uh, looking for some fun techniques and best practices around zippers. I would say, I think, if you've, we kind of answered your question over this whole podcast, right? Like all the different techniques that we're talking about, maybe the most important thing is just making sure that you know what type of zipper you want to use for your project and then making sure that you follow the steps to get the right pieces together. I think maybe that's the most important in terms of the more advanced stuff. Uh, I'm sure we'll make some content around this, but always use YouTube. Like that's the greatest resource ever. So here's, I don't know if this is what they're asking, obviously, but I have been thinking recently about um, certain fabrics just shed really easily. And the way that I normally install a zipper is I put the fabric face up, I take the zipper slider face down, so they're opposed, and then I run a stitch and I fold over and do a top stitch. And I normally line up the raw edge of the fabric with the edge of the zipper tape. When I fold that out, there's still, although it's on the inside of the project, that raw edge is still somewhat exposed if it's a fabric that frays really easily what are some ways that you can mitigate that type of fraying like i'm thinking of moto denim like i made something with moto denim recently and like even though it's on the inside of the project it frays fairly easily right well that's what i was just talking about earlier that's with that's that technique okay, gotcha. but you could also just bind it a lot of companies just bind the zipper tape directly to the project uh you could also surge the zipper to the project if you wanted to um so the same ways that you finish raw edges with normal material like a normal hem is the same way that you do it with the zipper and pretend that the zipper is a piece of fabric gotcha cool uh next question uh from fanny fan zero says tips for sewing them straight and getting the zip pulls even isaac tips for sewing your zipper straight uh take your time (laughs) uh i i'm this is still something that i struggle with on a daily basis. I hate zippers. I hate installing zippers because they always, no matter how, how 
slowly I take it or like, you know, how much effort I put into getting my zippers straight and consistent every time. It seems like they're never consistent. I'm not the person to answer this question. <laughs> uh, I think it's a combination of, it, like Isaac said, taking your time and then also understanding how you can use different seam allowances and spacing to have guidelines that are easy to follow. So like if you set it up where you use a wider foot at the beginning and then switch to a narrower foot or just move your needle position because most of you guys are using home machines probably. So that, like yeah. when you slide it, that already gives you the effective spacing distance. And then you're just like choosing something just like normal sewing to follow some anchor of like, right. Your guideline. But yeah. by moving the needle over, you're basically making a parallel stitch, which can make it a lot nicer without you having to like, manually know that you need to be a quarter of an inch away but it does take practice and i'm not saying that i sew straight zippers all the time either so yeah that's part of the fun this question is from uh one of our big fans and friends um logan from thermal lift uh she asked how do you hhh compare to ykk zippers i'm a ykk guy myself um i find that the sliders are a lot smoother and just zip better i guess but yeah other than I guess the other things that we've mentioned already, like the HHH is a more matte color. I mean, I can say in terms of like what our customers say and the feedback that we've gotten in my personal experience is that I really haven't noticed. I've used HHH zippers on tons of gear that I have, and I haven't really noticed any any problems. I haven't noticed any type of like, you know, like YKK lasts, has lasted forever and my HHH exploded. Or something like that. Um, so I think, <clears throat> I think the biggest difference that I've noticed is like on some of the fanny packs that you've made, Jameson, with... Uh, Never made one, actually. Yeah. You know, one of the two million fanny packs you've made. Uh, sometimes when you use HHH, I notice that like if you if you bend the zipper, like if, so if, if you think about taking the zipper tape and then bending it like in half, I've noticed that the HHH has a tendency to like pull apart and then it's hard to zip in that like position. Uh, whereas YKK seems more pliable and it'll still zip if it's like bent in half. That's a good ob- observation. Cause that's one thing I'd say that I don't know if I like know which one is better per se, but just the comparison is I do feel like HHH has a, uh, more like rigid feel to it. Yeah. Um, which in some applications I do like. Yeah, I put a number eight HHH zipper on a duffel that I made. And I kind of liked that action, but on like smaller ZPP, I kind of want like a pretty smooth, like free flowing zipper that I can open and close pretty easily. And in most of those cases, I've chosen YKK. All right, so the next question comes from Kmore802. Shout out the Vermont. Uh, what size needle do I need to sew over number three? Uh, whatever needle you're using to make your project that matches your thread and fabric recommendations that we have in our ebooks and on product pages and stuff will be just fine. Just go slowly. You might need to use uh, the flywheel or the hand crank uh, if you get some resistance, but it should be just fine. Uh, since they're not metal or anything like that, it should go through with no problem. Next question is from Ian Stagrams. Ian Instagrams. That makes more sense. Can you stock the components like top stops, retainers, and pins to finish coil zippers? Uh, sure. <laughs> Hopefully. That would be cool. Yeah. I've never, uh, I haven't thought about that before. That would be really fun. It, is that similar? I don't really know what that looks like. Is that similar to maybe like the grommet set or stuff like that where you can, it's kind of like a tool set that you can finish them? Uh, I think normally they like come in like bulk packages. Like some of those pieces are really small. So we can definitely add them. I don't think that's a problem. It's a really cool idea, Ian. I like that a lot. We'll look into it. This question is from Captain105. Zipper garages. I can do them, but there must be a foolproof way, not my quote, I hope it works way. Tips on zipper garages? I think we have a video on it. We do have it. We have two. We redid one because one, the lighting was really bad. It's hard to see. This is a, a more modern one that was made maybe a year and a half ago now. There's definitely a video on YouTube, Captain105. If you go look, there, there there are two. So if you find one, you should. there's a link in the description to the other that says, hey, we recognize this first video wasn't quite up to uh, up to par. We, we remade one with a bit more quality. Um, Carter made that video. He's, he's the star in that show. So go check it out. There are a lot of different ways you can go about it, though. We, we mentioned it in the video, but there, the 
the technique that we show you is just one of the ways. There's a lot of different ways you can do it from embedding it on the zipper itself, within the fabric, within different types of seams. You can also do zipper garages like what Isaac has on his frame bag in the, the front triangle near the steer tube. He kind of puts a whole piece of fabric over um, a couple inches of the bag. You don't have to always mount it into the zipper. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. So I'd kind of encourage you just to test out different ways that I hope it works. I, I totally understand. And um, part of what's difficult about it is that every application will change. If you're only making ZPPs, then, then maybe we can find you a foolproof way. But um, if you're going to be making backpacks to bike bags, to ZPPs to backpacks, each zipper garage will probably look a little bit different. All right. Uh, this question is from Jesse Scarb. How should I figure out the right type and size for a particular project? I think we pretty much, uh, by the time that um, Jesse has gotten this far, uh, we I believe we answered your question in the uh, sizing part. So durability, weight. And do what you like. <laughs> design of your yeah. bag, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, this question, Acromotopax. Does that sound right? Acromoda packs. Acromoda packs. Is there a difference in durability between standard YKK and waterproof YKK zippers? Technically, I would imagine that the waterproof zippers are a little more durable because they have a protective coating on top of the tape. But I would also say that anytime you're using a reverse mount and putting the teeth on the inside, it'll be more durable. Yeah. I don't know if there's a specific, I'm sure there is, but like a specific uh, difference in durability of like brake strength, like you were talking about earlier. Seems like AquaGuard would be stronger. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure on that one. Um, but yeah, in terms of like abrasion and things like that, and keeping dust out, I'm sure it makes it better. Sure. Final question is from Sons of the Sod. How about pulled effort? Which are easiest to pull? Which are hardest? All else being equal, I know we kind of already talked about this a little bit with the YKK HHH difference, but maybe. Like coated versus uncoated, I think is the biggest one. And then yeah. size. Coated zippers are harder to pull, right? They you have more resistance because you have like two urethane pieces that are touching each other. Mm. Um, and uncoated regular standard zippers are going to just glide better. Yeah. Cool. That does it for today's uh, deep dive on zippers. Thank you for everyone that sent in questions. We really appreciate that. Uh, but also thank you for everyone listening. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, please like, rate, subscribe, comment, review, whatever it is you need to do, wherever it is you're listening, let us know. It really helps other people and other MYOGers find out there's a community of people doing cool stuff and talking about it on a podcast. So if you wouldn't mind, let them know and let us know what you like. Until next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. 